Hi there, welcome back for the third and final instalment of what's new in Virtual Center Server 5.1, part three. And on this particular one, we're gonna focus on the Virtual Center appliance, something I've just sort of started using in anger. I made the switch about a week or two ago over to using the Virtual Center appliance and left behind Windows and left behind my Windows SQL Server altogether. Uh, with me again, uh, I've got Justin King. Uh, say hello to people, Justin, just in case they've not tuned into you before. Hi, everyone. This is Justin King with VMware. And Mike, I just wanted to say, it sounds like you want to get rid of me with a final, final session here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll have you back when we come around to looking at Virtual Center in the next, next release. But uh, I think that'll be a little <laughs> bit of time yet. Okay, so um, this is part three, obviously, and uh, the final one of the vCenter Server 5.1 series. And what we want to talk about is is the vCenter Server appliance. And uh, this is more of a awareness around the appliance because as, you know, from my experiences uh, working with the, f the first release and now the second release, there's still a lot of stale information out there. And we want to to obviously provide the, 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 the correct information, get all the facts out there on the table, and show you some of the functionality of the appliance and that it is a you know a worthy contender for your environment but what is the vCenter appliance uh, we call it the VCSA for short you may hear other names uh, there has been many internal names but this is uh, a prepackaged 64-bit application that runs on SUSE uh, this is delivered uh, as an OVF I'm not a fan of the OVF uh, um, deliverable because we actually provide it with the sparse disks so you could download one of the files or, or one disk but not both disks that come with this uh, but what we've added with 5.1 is we've actually updated that so you have the ability to provide an OVA which is like a packaged version of OVF and adds a little bit more uh, uh, functionality as well to the deployment of, of uh, the environment but the disk footprint has been uh, reduced uh, from uh, around 4 gigabytes with the 5.0 version we're now down to 2 gigs and we're, we're still working on making this even smaller as a distribution. So you'd be able to put this on a thumb drive and, and, and go, go to work with it, so to speak. But obviously, as you uh, deploy it, uh, we're going to have a minimum and a maximum size space. The max size space here, 80 gigs, still stands. And it will actually roll the log so that it will not go over 80 gigs in, in size at that point in time. Uh, the memory footprint, uh, actually the CPU footprint as well, two CPUs and 8 gigs of, of memory for default. The reason uh, there's a bit more required here is because a lot of the use cases around using the embedded database, if you take your installable vCenter, then you've probably got a separate SQL server or a database server, and that's got memory as well. So if you combine the two, you'd probably find the 8 gig for, for the, uh, the environment is still under what you're actually probably using today. Uh, but what about those databases? Well, you know, one of the hindrance around uh, the database is, hey, most of our uh, vCenter customers are using SQL Server, and the database uh, does not uh, support an external SQL Server. So people have kind of brushed off of this, and I want to kind of put the true story out here. Uh, there's been a, you know, this, this uh, appliance is Linux-based. SQL Server is a Windows-based architecture environment, and so we need an ODBC driver to, to use with the, uh, the database. Uh, when we first had the 5.0 release, there was two drivers out there. One was an open source, one was a paid version, and neither of them were able to withhold the uh, capability of running our maximums. So they just didn't deliver 1,000 hosts, 10,000 virtual machines, and actually the numbers were actually pretty low on, on what they did su uh, support. 
And then Microsoft came out with uh, SQL Server 2012, which has a uh, now has a Linux ODBC driver. And that ODBC driver is only supported for Red Hat Enterprise Linux, not SUSE. As much as there's blogs out there where people have got it working, it isn't supported. But at the same time, we've actually made a change ourselves. From the 5.0 database, we had uh, DB2 Express installed, which was okay for those small environments, but uh, you know it didn't give us much to, to build on. But with the vPostgres v -Postgres today... Uh, with the release of 5.1, we will support the embedded um, database for five hosts, 50 virtual machines. This is a soft limit, and you're going to see some things in a minute that will uh, kind of uh, give you an idea. But we are expected to increase the numbers significantly uh, from the 5 and 50 uh, in update 1, which will be uh, in the early in the new year. And so once I've you know deployed this so the databases are supported, it's all managed through a, a web-based configuration. But this is an appliance. This is one thing that you want to go in and, you know, you set it up, you deploy it, you log in, you set it up, you tell it what, you know, your configuration, your network, etc. And then you walk away. Everything else is done in the client. You, you don't have to do anything else with this, uh, this web uh, appliance. But what, what, you know, vCenter is containing many components. What really, you know, is entailed? Uh, what comes with the appliance? Well, let's take a look here. So we actually have a full environment installed, and that's kind of one of the other drivers around the eight gigs of memory footprint. Is you know we obviously have the vCenter single uh, vCenter server itself, but we also with the five one release we have new components like single sign on server. We have the inventory service. We have the vSphere web client, and we have other tools like order deploy. Uh, we have the net dump, and we have ESXi logging. Also, functionality of the the appliance. All this is pre-installed, ready to go. You basically just enable it or just leave it disabled uh, through that management pane to be able to uh, to use these components. And so, at this point, you know, authentication is still through Active Directory and Open LDAP, but you're using that single sign-on, so you you're not having to uh, uh, configure it directly with your Active Directory. The single sign-on will take care of LDAP for you. And the, the biggest thing that we've uh, kind of hit upon recently is, well, isn't the appliance uh, uh, less uh, uh, superior to, to the installable one? It, when are when we going to have you know, the same functionality? We have had the same functionality the release in 5.0. The APIs are exactly the same between the installable and the, uh, the, uh, the appliance. However, you know... Some of the uh, uh, components, the solutions that sit around vCenter Server, the, the classic example was View Composer. View Composer required an installable uh, agent to be on the vCenter Server. Uh, you couldn't have it on a separate server. It had to be uh, on the vCenter. And obviously with the appliance being a, a non-Windows-based environment, you couldn't obviously run solutions like that. But uh, I've, I've used SRM. I've used VCD. Uh, our, our internal teams are using them. They test the appliance with all of these solutions now. And so we do have feature parity between uh, the appliance and the, the windows with a couple of accepts. I say we have the parity, but there are a couple of accepts here which are, are kind of minor in comparison to the support of various solutions. The biggest one that we get hit up on is obviously uh, not having SQL Server support, but we also uh, get hit up on, well, the appliance doesn't support linked mode. Linked mode does require Adam, which is the Active Directory Application Manager that provides the available to, to link. That obviously is a, a Microsoft-only platform. Uh, we can't port it to, to SUSE, but 
we find most of the linked mode requirements are really that single pane of glass. I want to be able to see multiple vCenters and be able to see their inventories, etc. And we actually have that today with 5.1. If you saw in part two, we did the uh, we did a live demo where I actually had two vCenter appliances, uh, and they looked just like they were in linked mode. But I, I had that single pane of glass. I was able to search across all the vCenters connected. So we, you know, as much as it doesn't support Adam, we do have a capability to provide that single pane of glass view, which is usually the the strong requirement there. And then availability. Obviously, this is an appliance. It's a virtual machine. Uh, we have a product called vCenter Server Heartbeat, and that product uh, is a Windows-based solution. Uh, we do not have a version of that today for uh, for protecting uh, the vCenter Server appliance. It is on the roadmap, but we would recommend obviously using something along vSphere HA uh, to provide that. It's quite funny, uh, during uh, this year's VMworld in San Francisco, there was a session on SMPFT, and they actually used uh, uh, four CPUs in lockstep to provide uh, a functioning demo and they actually had a vCenter as the application that they <laughs> so can I ask is the intention of the appliance to create one like you know appliance to rule them all with all these features the single sign on the inventory the web client the autoplot all turned on or are we thinking more about allowing customers to have these in in many appliances in a more distributed model well the, the way I talk about it Mike and it's Really, we give the choice. You know, but people are, there's a term, you know, all, all my eggs in one basket, and people get a little uncomfortable with that term. And, and the term would be, you know, relevant to a single VM doing everything. And so, as much as the appliance is capable of doing that, and it works very well, you know, you may want to distribute some of those components off. So maybe the web client run that as a separate uh, an appliance, just, just deploy the appliance. Have the web client enabled, have nothing else enabled, and you can you can utilize that. You could put that behind a load balancer. Even the built-in load balancer with Apache could be configured to have a like a web client cluster or farm of of uh, servers to provide that that availability as well from those components. Same with the single sign-on server, I guess, because that can be put into a kind of cluster mode, can't it? Exactly. Yeah, you have the HA and the multi-site. Now, a little point of note on the the single sign-on with the appliance is you can use it as a basic uh, single sign-on server, meaning a standalone, which gives you the full functionality, uh, or a slave within an HA or multi-site configuration. You cannot, in this release, use the single sign-on server in the appliance as a primary node of that HA or multi-site configuration. Okay. Duly okay. noted. I, I just wanted to, to make that clear there, because uh, I uh, found that out recently, and I've, I think the appliance is a great story. And uh, we uh, uh, has so many use cases, but the idea is you have the choice as those environments grow. You know, let's let's distribute those those components across multiple uh, VMs or appliances at this point in time. So, and they're so quick to deploy. I was actually thinking when we were talking, getting ready to do this talk, I was like, maybe I should start off with deploying an appliance, and within you know five ten minutes, see it fully functioning and up and running. You know, and show how quick it is to get up and running. But uh, may, maybe a follow up. Most definitely. See, I'm trying to get back on your schedule, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the API is the, is the same. The, the, the maximums with the external database being Oracle, as I said, is 1,000 hosts, 10,000 VMs. That's what we test with on our performance uh, testing cycles. Uh, you can be up and running in, in minutes. Uh, the change to vPostgres, though, has is, is been a huge benefit. We've, we've seen so great performance uh, uh, 
results with using that as an embedded database. That's why we're pushing very hard to go above the 5 and 50, which really is for the really small mom and pop shops or like a lab environment. But, you know, if I've got, say, 25 or 30, you know, hosts with, you know, a couple of hundred VMs, you know, this would be a great use case. Uh, I can't, you know, tell you what we're working on, but we're, we're going to throw those numbers out the window. So, so stay tuned. But the vPostgres has got huge potential for, for the database with the, uh, the appliance and VMware solutions. That's very reassuring to me because I've gone down the vPostgres uh, route. I was, I was saying to Justin offline, I, I did consider setting up a Linux VM and then installing, say, Oracle XE to get some kind of external database. But it was yep. so much easier just to use the embedded one. And with the number of hosts I've got, I'm probably going over the limits a little bit because I've got eight hosts rather than five. But I figured mm -hmm. in my lab environment and the fact that only I use it, I'll probably get away with that configuration. And of course, it's reassuring to know that further down the route, we have intentions to up the scalability beyond what, what it's currently capable of. Absolutely. And I, I went through the same thing yesterday myself. I was helping a colleague of mine and we were starting over from a, a bare bones install. And I was like, well, we've got to create the vCenter database and we've got to run all these scripts and permissions and, and, and things like that. And we wanted to represent a customer environment so that everything was separate rather than just run a simple install where everything is deployed with the express and pre-configured. Mm. And we were like, this is this is quite cumbersome. There's a lot to get involved just to get vCenter up and running. Mm. And we kind of lost track of that because internally we're all using the appliance these days. And it's just so quick and simple to, to get what you, where you want to be with, with a functioning application. And we kind of, you know, we're going to snapshot that environment for future use so we don't have to repeat <laughs> stuff, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. But obviously the, the only exception right now is Vue with vCenter 5.1 um, on the appliance as well as the uh, uh, installable version of Windows. Uh, we're just going through some late testing with the, with the, the environment uh, just through QA just to get that finalized before we, we provide support around that. Um, and obviously any solution, third-party solution that does require an agent or plugin to be installed directly uh, as a vCenter um, item, obviously it has to be Linux-based to work. Uh, you won't be able to take that Windows executable and, and, and run it, etc. But as we've mentioned, you know, single VM, distributed VM, fully supported, uh, you know, slice and dice as, as you feel necessary in your environment. We could turn this into an infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly once I knew that the feature parity was there, that became, because I've made so many changes in my environment around storage and networking, clusters, everything's changed about my lab environment, gearing up for my vCloud director uh, labs. There really was nothing left in my old virtual center environment that I wanted to keep anymore, except the install of the hosts and the, a couple of VMs. So yeah. I took it as an opportunity to put a line in the sand and say, from this point onwards, I'm using the appliance. And it was not unlike the line in the sand when when virtual center became 64-bit. That's when I went 64-bit out throughout the entirety of my lab environment, and I got rid of all my 32-bit components. It was a similar kind of line in the sand once... Once I knew I could do those changes and, and have the same support with the appliance, mm -hmm. like, what do I want this Windows uh, version hanging around any longer than it needs to be? But I guess in a lab environment, it's easy to quickly move. I didn't really yep. have a very big virtual center environment to, to manage at the end of the day. Absolutely. And you bring up a very good point there is, is an, uh, one, the one thing that we kind of uh, skipped over is, you know, obviously the appliance, I, there's no migration. I've got to start over. 
and that is true from a uh, a support statement that uh, uh, there is no migration from from installable uh, vCenter to the appliance. Even if you had Oracle as ex external database in in the installable vCenter, you couldn't just plug it into the appliance because the schemas are are different between mm -hmm. the two. And so you know we have been hit a little bit on the, on the migration, but. Uh, one of our engineers has written a great fling called the Inventory Snapshot, and I've been talking about this product for probably 18 months now, and it's got some rave reviews. Obviously, it is a fling, but uh, it allows you to basically uh, extract all of your uh, environment from one vCenter and put it into another vanilla environment and rebuild everything. Uh, it will bring across your data centers, your hosts, your VMs, etc., everything uh, from one to the other. The only gotcha is it doesn't bring across the stats, so if you are dependent on historical uh, stats within the in the database obviously you may want to uh, um, work with support on on extracting those and importing those into uh, the the newly uh, created database so to speak as you import it into the new environment so there is a tool that can work there and we are looking to probably productize that tool as well in the future i i didn't even know that this fling even existed until you mentioned it offline a couple of minutes ago it's certainly something yeah. i'm going to have a look at yeah, it's it, it's a great it's it's a really great tool. I've had some some great uh, people have thanked me. As I I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's been a lifesaver. I didn't want to start over, and, and this tool uh, allows you to continue like that without starting over. So, mm -hmm. so I wanted to um you know kind of put some emphasis behind the appliance. Obviously, we've spoken about of what it's capable of doing. It is feature parity, you know, with the with the functionality. But I wanted to uh, highlight uh, just recently. Obviously, we had VMworld. And we have the hands-on labs. Hands-on labs is a huge technology uh, uh, um, arena where we're using bleeding-edge technology, all the latest uh, releases, and we're, we're dishing out all of our products in these uh, user labs where customers can familiarize themselves and, and go through some scenarios uh, with, you know, whether it's a cloud-based scenario or just a vSphere-based scenario, etc., and use this. And we, we deploy thousands uh, and, and thousands of uh, vApps uh, during the three full days that this hands-on lab runs. But this year I wanted to just uh, show uh, a couple of stats here. Obviously this was based over three three uh, continents uh, or three three major cities, Las Vegas, uh, Miami and Amsterdam, housing out the infrastructures to support this. So it was truly a cloud-delivered solution. Uh, but what was the, the change this year was they used the vCenter appliance for delivering the hands-on labs. And so all of the ESXi environments were managed through vCenter appliances. The cloud uh, VCD components were tied into the appliance from a provider's pers perspective. And, you know, you can see the numbers here on the screen. You know, obviously, we have, is around 20 vCenters with around 20 uh, hosts all running with the embedded database. They had the uh, CPU and memory uh, bumped up a little bit. But the performance guys were watching this, and they say, we, we may have been too conservative with our, our, our thought process here. You know, I'm talking about that vPostgres again. And it's like, they were ticking along at not even 20% under load, these, these uh, vCenter appliances. Wow. Uh, so that's, you know, as much as we only increased it to 16 gigs of RAM and four CPUs, they, they barely broke a sweat while they were providing this mega environment that, that is industry uh, known. So uh, obviously, you know, some of the positive impressions are to decide to run VCSAs uh, to compute all of those uh, uh, environments. But uh, uh, the fact, the appliance form factor, seriously, is a big win. You know, people are uh, open to it. 
Uh, we do have some work still to do to turn it into what I would call a true appliance, and we are working on that to lock it down so an appliance is kind of a black box type of uh, environment. Mm. But we had no vCenter failures uh, under the duress of, of the hands-on labs uh, live in San Francisco. And you know, one of the quotes was one of, one of the engineers that was working with the with the uh, the hands-on lab was the vCenter appliance basically saved us by not having any of those outages. Mm. And I don't want to put too much emphasis on the positive impressions. I do want to you know you know there's there's still some work to be done. Obviously, I mentioned about the uh, uh, locking it down. You know, we we would prefer although some customers are still hesitant on that. They want to have the ability to go in and provide. Uh, the functionality to install agents or, or tools where we want to kind of provide that functionality through the APIs itself. But there are, you know, a couple of the things that kind of came out from this is obviously we need to do a bit more of the management options, you know, for time sync time zone, you know, today you can set one in the management page but not the other. And so you would have to log into the console and, and do that manually, which if you're someone like me that has very little Linux experience, then that could be quite cumbersome. That's that's a Google search right there, you know. So, uh, and then we did a little bit of changes with the disk partition sizes, etc. And all of this is gonna is is being reviewed and going in to the future versions of of the appliance. But you know, the appliance was a, a big win for us at the hands-on labs. It really held up. It stood its ground, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I think uh, everyone should be looking at it and. Uh, starting to use it in their environment, it's definitely a direction that the company feels were, were, is the right one for us. I mean, that's part of the reason I wanted to move over to it as quickly as possible because I'm a firm believer in adopting things that are very new, but also it's a way of learning. So by the time people start asking me questions about the VC uh, virtual server appliance, I will have already been using it for yep. six months. And that's something I did when I was an instructor. I'd always adopt something new just so I could get the exposure and, and therefore any little things that were a bit different or snaggy, I would like, yeah, I've had that experience and this is what you do. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're, if you're like working in a lab environment like I do, it's always nice to have the kind of latest and greatest uh, up in front. But anyway, exactly. I, think, I think we're done. Uh, end of part three. It was awesome. <laughs> it's like the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> we'll need the oh, prequel. The prequel then. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, thanks very much, uh, uh, Justin, for being on. Um, please, uh, everybody who's watching, uh, keep track of the blogs and uh, follow uh, Justin on uh, the, uh, the Virtual Centre guy. And I'm sure, uh, I, although it sounded like I was wanting to get rid of you, it you know, wasn't the case because um, re- I'm really dependent on you guys stepping forward and helping me produce these these, these videos. But I certainly would like you back, maybe for a shorter update, um, you know, when we get to update one or something like it, if there's if there's you know some juicy uh, things you need to draw our attention to, I'm sure to have you back. Absolutely, and I'll try. I do my best to stay in those time restraints as well. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your time today. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>